Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, HawkeyeStorageUnits.com. Hello folks, this is Fred Young of the Kentucky Headhunters. I'm listening and you're listening to Alan on WYRZ. This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. This is where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host, Alan Kiger. This is Sykes and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and my guest today is Mr. Lee Greenwood. Lee, how are you doing today? I'm doing terrific, thank you. We were, uh, uh, I'm calling you from Nashville, and we were actually on the Grand Ole Opry last night, and so we had a great time there with Lady A and, uh, and a few of the other stars that are on the Opry all the time. Well, who were a few of the other stars that were there? Bobby Bones, I don't know if you know him, he's a comedian. Oh, yes. And uh, he was awful funny. I mean, we were backstage, you know, cutting up, taking, trading jokes. And those are the kind of moments that I always cherish. And we work the Opry probably once a month. That is fantastic. Absolutely love the Opry. Lee, I'm going to start off by, uh, I read some things on your, your website, stuff I didn't know. I always try to be prepared when I interview somebody. But it says that you started playing the piano at age seven. You had the saxophone by 12. And by the time you graduated, you pretty much played all the instruments and were the drum major for your marching band. How, how do you pick up all those instruments? Well, all of that is true. Uh, my mother was actually a piano player in the 40s. And so I was raised by my, by my grandparents. And we had a little piano in the corner of our trailer where if I wanted to, I could play it. And I sort of heard things just, you know, instinctively. I'd hear them on the radio, and I could go to the piano and play them. Uh, it didn't take me very long. I also adapted to the wind instruments, the saxophone, clarinet, flute, and I, and I like those probably better than piano. But as I graduated high school, those instruments that I played in the band and orchestra, not all proficient, but I, in order to get a music theory degree, theory degree in high school, I had to play all of the instruments in the band and understand what they did. And I have a kid in college that's doing the same thing uh, that I did in those years. But it was uh, it was interesting learning all of the instruments from the brass to the woodwinds and the keyboard. But I used the piano later on for writing, and that, that became important. If I if I didn't really know a lot about the piano and uh, guitar, I would not be able to uh, write all of the music that I did in the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. Okay. Who were your early inspirations? You said your mom played the piano. Uh, was that was that your inspiration? Was it other singers and artists? Yeah, it really wasn't my mother. I didn't know my mom very well, um, nor my father. They were divorced when I was a year old, so I really didn't have that kind of childhood. I was raised on a sharecropper's farm by my grandparents. And so listening to people on the radio, of course, you 
as old as I am, I'll be 80 this year in October, so you kind of have to look back and see what kind of influences were there that I could actually hear or see. And I didn't go to any concerts, really, until I left home with my own band at 16 years old and I went to Nevada. That's when I started hearing and seeing the people of my era who were really very good. Um, from the Rat Pack, of course, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., I loved when he when he did uh, the tap dancing. Uh, he was just such a great entertainer. Uh, I, I watched Elvis during those years while I was there. But the early years before I got to Nevada was probably just about jazz and rhythm and blues. And uh, I, I liked uh, the music of Stan Kenton, which is the father of American jazz. And I developed on a saxophone probably because of that before I developed on keyboards and piano. I sang in Baptist church, so I had the gospel influence. And, uh, and I just applied all of that when I got to Nevada. And I spent almost 20 years there in Vegas, Reno, and Tahoe. And uh, just, it's not like I wasn't trying to go further than that. It's just, it provided me a good income, and there just wasn't another opportunity until uh, I turned 37, and I met some people from Nashville, Tennessee, that said you could have a country career, and then I moved there. But to answer your question more broadly, some of the singers that influenced me were Sam Cooke, uh, People Bryson, Ray Charles, Kenny Rogers, those kind of voices, uh, soulful more than than just uh, great. Uh, my favorite band of all time is Tower of Power from Oakland, California. Wow, very, very, very interesting. I also read that you turned down a band scholarship and a track scholarship and a career in professional baseball to take off and and go to Reno, Nevada, with your band, the Apollos. How did you make a decision that I, I want to pursue this? I mean, most of what what you passed up, most people would just love to, to have had one of those opportunities. And, and you made the right choice. Well, I, I guess I made the right choice. It's hard to say as you look back and you can't change history. And I, I did live and breathe baseball. I loved it very much. I was a shortstop, second baseman. Uh, I was very fast. Uh, in high school, I was the leader of the track team. And uh, so it, it was a kind of career I would have probably loved, but would have been short. But it's not that I looked ahead that far and was that smart, but music did uh, take over my life as well. And so uh, after I, I turned down the baseball career, I went ahead and turned down college as well. And as I said, I moved to Nevada and started making money. And, and that was more important to me at the time. Plus, just the spirit, the spirit of the music. I just, it captured me. And I love to be on stage. I love to entertain. I love to sing. I love to write and, and play all the instruments that I did. That is just fantastic. Let's talk about a few of your accomplishments that you've had. You, you've won an ACM. Uh, you've won two CMAs. You've won a Grammy. Those are, those are all huge. And then, I don't have the year written down, but George W. Bush appointed you to serve on the National Endowment of Arts Council, and your improvement was done by the U.S. Senate, if I read that correctly, and you served under President George W. Bush, Obama, and President Trump. Is, is that maybe one of your great, do you, how does that make you feel? Well, working for the government is a whole different animal, and 
um, I did it uh, diligently and proudly, and I served under President Joe Biden for another two years before we were finally uh, notified that uh, our tenure was over. And it's a six-year appointment, so you can see that I lasted a lot longer than that under several uh, administrations of both parties in the United States. And that, that kind of made me proud that I, I mean, I served the country. I didn't serve a president. So it was uh, an interesting thing to do. I, I you know, had to had to vote on what uh, organizations get grants of your tax money, and uh, and there were 14 members on my council who all did the same thing. It was a it was a proud proud time. Was that a lot of pressure on you? You know, when you're getting all these things, trying to decide who's going to wind up with those grants? No, no, it wasn't. Uh, we we were given a budget, and uh, and uh, people had to fit into the budget. And uh, we had to vet them and make sure that they were an appropriate use of the money we're going to give them. That's all. It was, it was, it was not difficult. It's not difficult. Okay. Well, now we're going to get to the question that I'm sure you get asked every single time. I wanted to get some in front of there. Um, I want to talk about God Bless the USA. This, and you wrote this song. And I went through a list of songs that I believe are are very inspiring, patriotic American songs. And I've come up with God Bless America, written by Irving Berlin. Um, Over There, written by George M. Cohan. The Star-Spangled Banner, written by Francis Scott Key. And then your song, and you've written it. Did you, did you know when you wrote that, that what, that, I mean, what powerful that was going to be and for how long that was going to be powerful? Well, no to all of that, but um, I will say that being raised in a rural farm setting as a kid, I watched parades. Uh, as you mentioned, I was the drum major in my high school band. I loved the pageantry of it. Um, I played drum and bugle for the American Legion Drum and Bugle Corps in parades while I was a junior and senior in high school. And so the, I think the beginning of respecting the flag, our country, and all that really had deep roots with me, even though I didn't serve in the military, and I'm, I was 3A in the draft, and during the, during the draft time, of course, it was an interesting, um, I, I could have been moved to Vietnam with the rest of our soldiers, but uh, I had children at a very young age, and that kept me um, out of the draft until actually Vietnam was over, and so I didn't, I didn't serve in the military. But I think, I think when I got to Nashville, Tennessee, I never lost the urge to write something that would not just be the closer of my show. I think that was last on the list, but it was, it was um, just to honor the country. And that particular record that I would see as the writer, as a writer of something, when you demo it, you, if you're capable, you demo it with your own voice. And so, consequently, I was already an artist at MCA by that time. I'd already had four albums when I wrote God Bless the USA. And so when they heard it, we went ahead and recorded it and put it on the album called You Got a Good Love Coming, which is a 1985 or 84 album, I believe. And um, it was Universal that made the call to release it as a single for radio. Or I don't think anyone would have ever heard it. Now, some smart researcher might... uh, might have dug it out of the album and found it as an album cut and maybe eventually exposed it, but because it was on radio and chosen as a single by Universal and MCA, it had much more radio play than it would have. And I think at that point, 
it was basically America that embraced it. And once they embraced the song, that put me in the light as far as the, being a patriot. And proudly, I, I, I say that I, I am an, a, a patriot. I stand for what America stands for. I stand behind our military. And one of the things I do now is work with organizations that build homes for wounded warriors. So that's kind of my way of serving. I'll tell you, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, very, very, very powerful song. Um, I was at an IndyCar mechanic, and it was in 99 at Texas, and you sang that song before the National Anthem, right before the flyover. I think there was about 90,000 people in the stands, and it was one of the most powerful goosebumps on your arms feeling I'd ever had in my life, and how many times have you given that to people over and over is, you've been blessed by God with that, and it's, it's just amazing. Well, that that is true, and and I and I sing at stadiums and uh, hockey games, baseball stadiums, and I have since I wrote the song, and even before. I mean, I do sing the national anthem as well at sports events and patriotic events. So generally, people, however, will pass on that request and and ask me to sing my own song, which which I'm fine with, uh, either one. Uh, to represent America and and what we stand for. And that song charted, I believe, three times in the top five in, in 1991, 2001, and 2003. And then it was also a number one on the pop charts after the 9-11. That, that's quite a run on one song. That's just amazing. Uh, yeah, it did go number one after 2001 on three different uh, genres. It was, it was at a rhythm and blues station, a pop station, and a country station. It went number one, and and that and and after its initial success and Song of the Year in 1985 at CMA in Nashville, and then the double platinum album that sold at Liberty because of the attack on America. It, it's interesting that now when people hear it, it is more their song than mine. I, I put it up there as one of the greats. I mean, there's there's few that have that power, and that's one of them. Well, thank you very much. Well, listeners, let's go ahead and listen to God Bless the USA. We're back. That was God Bless the USA. You're listening to Sights and Sounds. In case you're just tuning in, my guest today is Mr. Lee Greenwood. Lee, let's uh, tell the listeners, you, you touched on it just a little bit ago, about your charity work that you do. I believe it was for veterans. Tell the listeners a little more about that. Well, um, as, as a way of serving, it's always I, I've always respected the military and their their sacrifice. Unselfishly, they serve and many times pay the price. Um, so we work with several organizations in support of our wounded warriors, and we build homes for them which includes two or three different organizations. One is Helping a Hero out of Houston, Texas. You can find that from helpingahero.org. And we have a 100 Home Challenge to have people uh, nominate a veteran who might be an amputee who uh, would need a home, and we'll build it for them if they qualify. Uh, And helping us is Bass Pro, uh, Johnny Morris, the uh, founder and owner of Bass Pro has dedicated 25% of the next 100 homes uh, to be built. And as a matter of fact, is building the first 10 of those hundreds, uh, those hundred without any help at all. So I'm 
I'm doing an event for their 50th anniversary shortly when I get back uh, from out of the country on uh, April 1 or 2, and, uh, and we'll be in uh, Missouri to, to honor that that organization, but we will continue to build these homes as fast as we can and give these veterans a chance at a, at a new lease on life. Go ahead and tell listeners where they can go to donate money to that. Yeah, it's helpingahero.org. And uh, and you can get it from my website. There's a link there if you want to find it, uh, Helping a Hero. It's on LeeGreenwood.com. Thank you very much. Lee, what are your hobbies outside of music? Well, up until about three years ago, they were pretty much just sports. Um, I've had to have some knee surgery and some back surgery, so I'm not as adamant at playing sports as I, as I used to be. Uh, now it's basically just uh, taking care of you know, the needs of my family. And, and here at home, I'm kind of the maintenance guy. Our older son is getting married in April as well, uh, right after I play in Indiana. Um, so that'll be a, a wonderful event for us. Uh, I think I'm in Indiana on the 7th there in West Lebanon. Yes, And are. then our son's getting married in Nashville on April 10th. Let's go ahead and talk about that. I've got you. I, I went to the place you're going to play. It's the Ura Seeger Memorial Memorial Auditorium in Le- yes. West Lebanon, Indiana, April 7th. Um, beautiful, beautiful new place. A friend of mine, Levi Riggs, broke it in. We went up there and saw it. Um, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, listeners, so you need to you need to eat before you get there or get your gas before you get there, but it is beautiful. It's it's amazing. I think you're going to be shocked at how beautiful that place is. Well, I'm excited to be there. It's our first time to be there, of course. Yes, I I, I think it's the first big band they, they've had there at all. Um, tell the listeners what to expect when they come to see you, because we want to get people, we want to fill this place out. Well, I'm not, I, I never like to tell people what to expect. I will say that we have a family-friendly show, and we have a military-friendly show. Um, beyond that, I have a country music career that spanned 40 years, and we play hits, of course, that they've heard on radio. Uh, we don't do a song and dance. I'm a musician and an entertainer, uh, but it is a lively show with audience participation, and you'll hear all the hits that you've ever uh, wanted to hear from Lee Greenwood. That sounds amazing. Lee, out of that 40-plus year career, what is the biggest, you would say, highlight for you of that career? Um, it's hard to say, um, Alan, and, and the reason I say it because it's a lot of apples and oranges, and if, let's just pick out a USO tour where I performed on the Nimitz Aircraft Carrier. Um, let's say the old folks, the old sailors and soldiers home in New York, where a soldier came up and pinned his purple heart on me. Um, wow. My performance at the West Wing for Ronald Reagan and George Bush. Um, two inaugurations at the Lincoln Memorial for two different presidents. It, it's just really hard to say, you know, which one would be a favorite. I, I just don't know. They're all different. Sometimes an intimate performance for 50 or 60 people in a, in a, in a very artistic setting, and then another time with Alabama out in the field for 30,000 people. It just, it's just hard to say. Those, those all sound amazing. Now, I watched you on the Huckabee Show, and I, I saw it on your website, but I, I watched you on the Huckabee Show, and you talked about the God Bless the USA Bible. What inspired you to come out with that? Well, everybody has a Bible, I hope, yeah. and we have, of course, our Bible on the uh, 
on our nightstands, each one of us. And then we have a, a Bible, family Bible on the table in the living room. But I, it was interesting to me that a lot of people kind of missed the point that when we founded this country, it wasn't to escape religion. It was, it was to have the freedom of choice. And so uh, the documents that represent our country, people have read about in history, probably don't see them very often. And if you go to Washington, D.C., you can't take them with you uh, when you when you leave those great uh, buildings where they are housed. So we decided to release a King James version of the great book of the Bible with four documents in the back of the Bible, printable, readable, including the Constitution of the United States, Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and included the Pledge of Allegiance with the uh, with the phrase under God. And then there's also a handwritten version, a handwritten lyric of God Bless the USA chorus uh, that is also in the Bible. So those are things I think that make it unique. It's leather leather bound and beautiful with two flags on front. And I don't I don't think that you'd have a more beautiful uh, representation of God's word along with how America got started. I'm, I'm going to make it when I get up there to see your show. That's going to be one of the things I've. I purchase. Uh, I've got to get that for my mom. She had. She has a couple Bibles, but I, I just think that would be something that she would. She would cherish quite a bit. Well, we don't sell them on the road. Well, you don't. And they're okay. only available with GodBlessTheUSABible.com. Okay. Well, then I. Or you can find it on my website as well, LeeGreenwood.com, and there's a link to finding where you can purchase the Bible. They're in back print right now. We sold the first fifteen thousand. Uh, shockingly. Uh, within a month, and so uh, paper is the problem. And uh, once they get enough paper to print, you know the, the pages inside the Bible are, are are very thin, and it's hard to find that paper. So uh, probably, especially right now with everything else being behind. Well, Lee, I'm just narrowing down to the end. I appreciate you taking the time. I want to say thanks for for coming on board here at Sights and Sounds. Listeners, make sure you get up there to the Earth Seeger Memorial Auditorium. It's April 7th at 7 p.m., I believe. Um, make sure you show up there. Tickets are online at their website. I believe you can also go to your website and do the downlink to purchase the tickets. Lee, thanks very much for being a part of Sights and Sounds. I hope you have a great You're very day. welcome, Alan. Thank you. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at sightsandsoundspromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com.